What's good, everybody? It's Scoobert Dubert here for Love Music More, and I am joined with the great Bubby Lewis. So excited to chat with you. Um, incredible musician, bass player, collaborator, writer, producer, band member. We've got all sorts of stuff to talk about. So uh, welcome, welcome, Bobby. I'm so excited to have you Appreciate on. you having me, man. Appreciate you having me. It's an honor and privilege to be here on your show, man. Appreciate it. And it's it's so great to connect because I've been such a fan of your, your bass playing you know, for so long and uh, we just kind of got into each other's orbit when I, I took a bass lesson from you and then we discovered the shared love of Japan where you currently yeah. are. And so <laughs> yeah. I'm just excited to talk about your whole journey, how you ended up where you're at, how you ended up loving the things that you love. And and to do that, let's 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 go all the way back. How did you get how did you yeah. get started with music? Where where what what drew you to bass? Like I, I'm curious about how it all began for you. Um, man, for me, it all started with church. Um, grew up in church. My my uh, brother, my oldest brother, played organ, piano, guitar, bass. Really, mostly bass and organ. My sister played drums. Um, yeah, I mean, everything for me started at church. Um, you know, just waking up every day and somebody was blasting music. Somebody, my sister or my older sister, somebody was always blasting some music. My brother, that uh, my brother Billy that passed away, he got me into Prince and like mm. the OJs and, you know, different stuff like that. My brother Kubi got me into Chick Corea and... yes you know the the Isley brothers it's just yes. just random stuff man but it all started for me at church for sure 100% I love it so how how does that how did that work cuz I, I know you're you're Flint Michigan how 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 was kind of like integrating into the church and and learning was it was it a process of uh like there's 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 instruments and you're picking them up and you're kind of teaching uh, you know young players as they're coming up or how how did that kind of work in terms of actually like getting on I mean, honestly, man, I when I was, let me see what, like seven or eight mm-hmm. or something like that, I just like I would see my brother playing bass. And then, um, you know, we had a lot of different musicians, great musicians come through our church in Michigan, period. You know, obviously Detroit is like yeah. massive for music, Pontiac and all that kind of stuff. And um, so my oldest brother, he had a a PV, what was that mug called? Like a TL6 or something like that, a PV6 string from back in the day. And he gave it to me on my eighth, I can't even hardly remember, my eighth or ninth birthday. But long story short, I looked at it and I put it under my bed and never played it. He ended up taking it back and somebody else got it. And fast forward, I had this spark to play drums that came out of nowhere, but I'm garbage at drums because I can't do like, <laughs> I can't do different things, like different rhythms, you know, like with different limbs. I, I just can't master that. And um, my parents weren't like, they were kind of like, ah, I don't know, because they remember what I did with the bass my brother gave me. And then that changed after listening to Dave Weckl record 
Mm. Uh, I heard Tom Kennedy do this bass solo, man, on the Synergy album. It was the Synergy title song, too. And then I went to my parents, like, all right, I want a bass. And they was like, look, man, like you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you already kind of tried that and you literally put it under your bed. But my brother was like, maybe he'll do it this time. So y'all should get him one. And he got me one. And and as far as like getting in at church, like mm-hmm. where I come from at the time, at least there were no like music schools and stuff like that in Flint. Flint was literally just farmland and good restaurants mm-hmm. pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. everybody just, and this is, I guess, a church thing period. Everybody just learns by ear, you cool. know, like you kind of just, if you say you want to play for the choir, you just got to listen to the music that the choir director gives and you got to find the notes, you know, and that's kind of just how it happened. You know, I was I was fortunate that I was around some really incredible musicians that kind of, you know, they they pushed me like I, yeah. I would hear them every Sunday and I was like, dang, OK, if I want to be able to do this, I got to I got to bring it. Yeah. And, you know, just that was like my motivation, I guess. But it it wasn't so much hard. It was just, you know, church is really cool, man. Like they they give you a chance, you know, to just because you never know. You never know, like if there's young musicians or young kids that are on the drums, like they would always let the kids play because you just never know. They may grow up to be Chris Coleman. Right. Or, you know, Vinny or somebody right. like that you just never know exactly. so yep. yeah I, I was fortunate man I was really fortunate that I had some supportive people my parents were very supportive and you know my homie Eddie Brown um a lot of different people in my life and I everybody was tossing me good music to listen to and stuff yes. like that so yeah I just took it and ran with it basically I love it and I, and I think that speaks to something really powerful about like swimming in it you know, being a part mm-hmm. of it, listening to great music, being around great musicians, asking questions, yeah. getting pushed, all that kind of stuff. It's like yeah. you can learn you can learn so much from a, the music school, but it's like the network that you're in that you actually end up learning more from. Absolutely. The yeah. the real life experience, man. It's night and day for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious too about how what you kind of brought to practicing and how that's evolved over time because I've seen some clips of talking of, of you talking about fretboard mastery and mm-hmm. understanding like a B is a B is a B is a B and you're like kind of going mm-hmm. through the the neck and just being like dial that in so lights are off, yeah. charts are gone, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, how how did you how did you kind of like end up there in that in that kind of place or was that an impulse from from a really young age? Um, I guess I just being a nerd and watching yes. a lot of kung fu movies and yes. anime and stuff like that <laughs> i figured if it's really hard mm-hmm. then this is what i need to work on so cool. you know yeah practicing in the dark and uh-huh. memorizing what notes sounded like and and like I tell people this all the time too. A lot of people think that perfect pitch is like a superpower. It's not mm-hmm. a superpower, it's just memory. Mm. it's just memory you just mem- remember what a note sounds like so uh i think me and you talked about this before like you know i feel like if someone practices enough they'll at least get some sort of grip on on memorizing what different notes sound like so for me i just kind of took that i mean i've had it since i was a kid but you know 
I didn't know what a note was yeah. until I said, oh, okay, so this actual note is a C or this actual note is an A flat or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. obviously you figure that out once you start playing an instrument. But, you know, for me, I just kind of kept recycling those same things, the basic fundamental things, I feel like. And it's something that I still do 22 years later, you know, yeah. I still like practicing in the dark or blindfold every now and then, or just mm-hmm. close my eyes. I still sit and watch a movie and solo to it from, yep. you know, like basic stuff, you know, nothing. I'm not a, uh, I guess like an extreme trainer type of person i just like to do stuff that is challenging but it's kind of fun at the same time you know Mm -hmm. i like that and i i think that a lot of maybe people that that don't play don't realize how much musicians shed while they're watching something (laughs) oh man (laughs) oh man that's all the time for sure all the time there's there's like a part of that's part of the reason why there's so many music friends that have like they're like, yeah, I watched all of Naruto, like every single episode, like no problem. Because they're, they're just doing their thing, you I'm know. Literally rewatching One Piece right now. <laughs> yes, what is this One episode? Piece, the ultimate episode. Uh, what is this? Fifty nine. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I literally, if I had my base, I could just sit here and just watch this and just practice and not even yep. realize it, you know. Yep. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great way, and I also, I love your, I love your way of practicing because I, I think you blend improvisation and exploration and practice all in really cool, Mm. intuitive ways. And I feel like so many people focus on like running scales and while that's like important, um, I think the the way that you like go through arpeggios and and definitely check out Bubby's page so you can see some of that on Instagram and stuff. But I'd love to hear like, I I know that there have been some musicians that have really kind of helped and and guided your inspiration for improv. Um, but I'm also just curious about like your mentality when you, when you're just like, I'm just going to speak. Man, to me, and this is something that I also learned from church, you know, it's real church is about the moment, you know, obviously it's a spiritual thing, but for me, I, I like to just take that and bring it in every situation really. So, you know, for me, when I improvise, the only idea I have is what, what sounds good to me, what feels good to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, it's mm-hmm. not, can I impress this person or can I yeah. make all the musicians go crazy? I don't care about that. What can I play that that speaks to me first? You know what I'm saying? And um, the way I, I was kind of, I guess, groomed into thinking as a musician is create something right for the moment, you know, not pre-rehearsed there's nothing wrong with that it's not like it's nothing wrong with transcribing or anything like that but for me i've i fell in love with the method of just if i hear it right now let me try and execute it right now you know what i'm saying and yeah. is it always going to be 100 percent accurate no but who cares you know yeah and um like the way me and my buddy eddie the way we used to shed when we were you know (laughs) after church and in summertime it'd be like two in the morning he would just play random chords and tell me solo like Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't he didn't give me a chance to hear the chords and it was Mm -hmm. just like no just listen and 
think of it as a conversation. You know, yeah. me and you could yeah. ask each other questions right now and we'll just start answering. Mm-hmm. So he basically was like, why can't we do that musically? You know, yeah. if you hear yeah. a chord, don't worry about what key it's in. Don't worry about what type of chord it is. Like, what do you hear? You know, yeah. right. and and that was probably some of the best practice that I've ever had. And it's still something that I do to this day. So like, you know, if people just say, Hey, Bubby, yeah, take a solo. Mm-hmm. I just try and make up something for that moment, you know, yeah. note for note. I don't care if it's like a million notes or five notes, whatever, just do it. And I'm not concerned with if, you know, I'm, I mess up. I don't really believe in that, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just about the moment to me, you know, and with that, I don't stress about people's criticism. I don't honestly, I just don't care. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm just having fun. You uh-huh. feel me? Yeah. Yeah. No, and I I like that. And I, I think that there's a there's a funny I don't know exactly know where it is in musical journey, but like there's a point mm-hmm. at which pe- you stop noticing people's mistakes. Oh, because man, they don't yeah. they don't treat them like mistakes anymore. Exactly, they're like a happy little accident, and you start calling exactly. it back. And yeah, maybe maybe for like a younger musician, you know, somebody that, that's like really in that mindset of like mm-hmm. every note's got to be right. Like I need to got to be perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe speak to them, like say you know, twelve year old or something. They're they're like locked in that mindset. Mm-hmm. Help them help them get out of it. What would you say? Yeah, like I break mean, out? you know, you know what I think about. I think about my heroes. If if me and you went to a John Patitucci concert mm-hmm. and let's say he was taking a solo and let's say, you know, he's he's like slipping over a few notes or something like that. Neither one of us is going to care because we're watching John Patitucci uh-huh. play. You, uh-huh. you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When, when you have heroes, your heroes basically can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, the way I look at it is, well... I mean, I guess you kind of got to be your own hero, but be humble. Like, just understand mm-hmm. it's just it's just music. It's just notes. And that's like if you had to stand up in front of the class and read a report and you stuttered over a few words. It's cool. Just slow down and mm-hmm. finish the sentence. You know, like, that's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. And, you know, the only people that will really sit up there and criticize everything you do, something is wrong with that person. But yeah. most people that just love music and really enjoy music, they can find something great about just about anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. The more you understand about music and, and, you know, the more music that you're even exposed to, the more appreciation you have for so much of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I started out only listening to to gospel and funk and R&B, but I remember I used to hate country music and bluegrass and all this kind of stuff. And then one day I, what was it? Paint Me a Birmingham by, what, what was that guy? Tracy, Tracy Lawrence. Paint Me a Birmingham. I forgot. Tracy Lawrence, I think. But I heard that song, man, and I started crying. Mm. And my father loved country and bluegrass music. So, but when I started listening to it, this appreciation came and and then you realize like, man, this is, this is still music. It's just, it's not Prince funk. It's not, Uh you know, Bootsy. This is just different music. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And that's, that's the beauty of it. So, you know, you can't, 
you can't concern yourself about mistakes. The mistakes is that's part of the growth. And the further you go, the more you kind of realize, eh, there really isn't a mistake. It's just get to a place where you see it as just expression. You yeah. Know, that I'm yeah. a firm believer in that just expression, you know, and, and some nights it's going to feel good. Some nights it won't feel good, but who cares? You just, just do, you know? Actually, I really liked it because like I was, I was thinking about what you were saying about musical conversations and not mm-hmm. knowing exactly where it's going to go. I mean, the same thing happens when you're like learning a language and you feel fluent or, or for the people that get really good at languages really fast. They're just fearless. They just yeah. start talking and it's they like, whatever, I'm going to mess up. This isn't yep. my first language. I'm just going to go. Yeah. And just that, try. that fearlessness, that's like the same thing with music is, you know, I make mistakes you, speaking English, but yep. you don't really notice because, you know, just start talking. I'm ghetto. I'm from Flint. I'm a country boy from Flint, Michigan. I know I don't talk correct all the time. I'd be having to have my wife help me spell stuff all the time. Like, dude, but it is what it is. You know, yeah, like you just it's communication. You, yeah. You just do the best you can. And if you just keep the mindset that you want to grow and you know, you wanna you want progress in whatever it is you're doing. That's to me, that's all that matters. You just want to be better. Hmm. You want to be healthier you want to be nicer you want to be more kind to people this you want to get better at music like throw that one in there too you know Mm -hmm. you want to get better at your instrument you want to be a better writer you want to be a a better producer composer whatever it might be like it's but but beating yourself up over over how long it takes and you know the time you spent on doing it and it's not coming fast enough like man don't waste your time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, just do it. Just do it and see what happens. Because rest assured, if you work at something, eventually you'll see what all that work turns into. Mm. But you have to continue. You know what I'm saying? You start yes. a diet and the first week you may not see any weight drop off. But if mm-hmm. you keep going and you really discipline yourself, you're eating right, you're exercising or whatever, eventually you're going to see a lot of results. Mm. and then at that point you're like in the zone you know what i'm saying same for music man are you really doing all those push-ups man <laughs> i literally i've done right before i i called you i uh, did my 400th oh my God. and i have one more <laughs> set of 100 and i'll be done for the day yeah i have to i That's have amazing. to do these before i go to sleep yes every day every yes. day are you sore like I, I, or did you just transcend that now? Are you, are you like, uh, <laughs> like, you have the most like anime character push up training plan? You guys got to see this on it's it's awesome. Know, it's like I'm, a, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm sore. I'm just uh-huh. kind of tight, tight. Yeah. But you know what, bro? Honestly, them dudes in the military and stuff they yeah, be doing right. like That's two true. and three thousand a day. So my little <laughs> measly five hundred. It's like. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, nothing. You know yes. what I'm saying? Them, yeah, that's, dudes, that's a good perspective. Bro, they wake up yeah. and do like 500 straight. Like, Whoa. I have to do 500 throughout the day. Yes. You know, yes. like this is puny compared to <laughs> yes. So that's motivation for me. I like that mentality. I like that mentality. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. 
Um, so I, speaking of, you know, your progress, uh, over time yielding results, I want to, I want to hear about the tour that you just on, um, touring with Snoop Dogg and then some of the clips that I saw of the band, absolutely ridiculous. We'd just love to kind of like hear, hear about how that all went, that, that you know, traveling from you know, Tokyo, <laughs> did you, did you fly out to LA? I know you're got some yeah. jet lag going on. I just, I just want to hear about this tour, how it went about the players, maybe some stories. Man. I just, just want to dig in. This was a great, it was a good time, man. I mean, Snoop was my, that was my first introduction to being a professional musician way back in 2007. I had just turned 21 years old, fresh, fresh 21, fresh fresh out the oven, still (laughs) hot. And I mean, it was like a, it's funny because the tour was called the high school reunion tour. So it did feel like that, you know, like mm-hmm. these were people that, you know, basically were looking after me because I was a kid and making mm-hmm. sure I didn't get lost, you know, when when it was lobby call and stuff like yeah. that, making sure I knew which way to walk so I wouldn't get lost or stranded in another country and stuff. It was, <laughs> it was cool, man. It was a it was a cool experience. I did have to fly back to L.A. and we did. We were supposed to do three rehearsals. We end up doing basically two rehearsal days. Ooh. Where'd but you rehearse? Was, Center staging or, or no? Or, we no. actually had to rehearse at the Honda Center in oh Ontario. My gosh. Really? Because Snoop wanted to see like the stage set. We weren't yeah. on stage. We were either on the side of the stage or behind the stage because he had this crazy elaborate stage set up, and there was like a a six four Chevy that he drove out in the like. It it was just Yo. a crazy stage setup, man. So uh, he wanted to see that. He yes. wanted to actually see what his stage looked like. And and we found out on that second day that he came, he had never in his entire career seen what his shows looked like from the audience ever. Mm. So we had to run the whole show. And he just watched from out in the audience, like all the videos that play yes. and stuff like that. And they said he was out there crying because he'd never Aww. witnessed his own show before. And oh, that's, that's so beautiful. You think about it as long as yeah. he's been doing music, but he's just used to performing, you know? Yep. yep. And um, as far as the tour went, man, it was cool. You know, the travel was, was typical. We had a tour bus. It was a massive crew between mm-hmm. Snoop, Wiz. Let me see, Snoop. Wiz, uh, Too Short, Warren G, Burner, DJ Drama. So it was, and then you had all the stagehands and stuff like that, the the riggers and stuff. So it was probably like 11 or 12 tour buses. Whoa. That's massive. How many many semis too? You had semis. Uh, semis Oh, yeah. It was, let me see how many semis. I want (laughs) to say... Uh, I, I want to say maybe 12 to 14 <laughs> semi, it was something crazy, man. It was That's like a caravan. It was a massive, a massive joint, man. And, and I was on the, the tour bus. So I was on was the baby long bus. Cause nobody on that bus smokes. <laughs> the nicknames like you know it's some hood junk so everybody's bus had a name and stuff like that so uh the the tour manager yeah, queen funny. b she put me on the baby long bus and uh it was cool man you know cool. we just 
did the shows and I got on my tour bus and you know I watched me a little anime or movie I was watching Mm -hmm. Star Wars a lot and yes yes. (laughs) you know my typical nerd stuff Pokemon Scarlet Uh you know yeah but uh it was a it was a good run man it was good to see everybody Mm -hmm. uh Mars uh my guy Mars was playing keys and Tehran Lockett was playing drums. It's just three piece. DJ Green Lantern was the DJ for Snoop. And that was it. That's all we needed. We did all the classic hits, you know, from the gin and juice to the drop it like it's hot yeah. stuff. It was cool. It was it was a cool run, man. I had a good time. It was nice to perform at a lot of those amphitheaters that um I remember playing it a lot of them the very first times I was playing with Snoop back in the day. And it was good to revisit them. Some of those venues, you know, you sign your name on the wall. So I was looking for my name in some of them. Couldn't Uh find that junk to save my life. (laughs) But but I know it's in there somewhere. somewhere, Yeah, yeah, man, that junk was, it was tight, man. It was a cool run. That's really cool. How do you, how do you approach, you know, say something like, like a gin and juice, um, adapting that on bass? Like where you want to, you know, you want to keep the same original feel, like in general feeling, because it's such a classic song. But also, you're integrating with with live drums that's a great and great yeah. question. Um, that song, man. To be honest, from the very first moment I performed with Snoop to now, it's evolved so much. Cool, cool. Love to hear that. And I mean, it's it went from me kind of just literally just playing the bass line exactly like the record to now. I mean, we. <laughs> like alternate notes and yeah you know different kind of like there's certain sections where we we pretend we're kind of swinging a little bit cool cool it's yeah really really yeah. really weird how the song has evolved throughout uh-huh. the years man but um i guess the most important thing is is just if you know what dog is is saying if you know the lyrics and stuff like that you get to have a lot of fun accenting some of those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lyrics and and you know, it's yeah, it's just it's a fun groove. I mean, what one, two, three, four, four notes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Four notes. F A flat, F sharp, B, F. You know, like yeah. it's <laughs> simple, but it's it's funky at the same time. So it's one yeah. of the things you just kind of make it feel good. You know. Yeah. 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 It's it's, it's interesting how that junk has evolved, though, man. That's cool for sure. That's cool. I like that answer a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like that. Um, I think it's funny too. Is you know, as a as a guitarist, uh, I recognize the power of the bass player because if you choose yeah. a different note, now all of a sudden I'm playing like a you know a slash chord. <laughs> now it's just suddenly it's I'm like I'm a, I'm playing the same chords, but now it's jazz. Like I'm a, <laughs> the yep, bass player yep. can take you into incredible places <laughs> if you want to. Definitely transform the situation. I I agree for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's like moving we a house. Did a lot of that. Yeah, it's, like, you it's right. ocean view we now. Now we're up on the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We did a whole lot of that, man. Every song, every song, and. The cool thing is is Superfly, the music director. Uh, Superfly, he's cool with it, and Dog is cool with it. So that makes it fun. It's not it's not a situation, you know, where we have to just be a hundred percent to the mm-hmm. to the record. And and a lot of people confuse that they you know hip hop and R and B, you know, it's play the record, play the record. 
eh, it's not always like that. Mm-hmm. You know, every situation I've ever been in with every rapper, every R&B singer, every artist I've ever worked with, they don't want it to sound exactly like the record. That's the reason why they have musicians that can mm. play yeah. licks and, yeah. you know, all this. Like, they want they want this live feel. You know, they cool. want it to be different every night, you know? Mm-hmm. So that makes it even more fun when you can embellish and and make it more of a, a story performance mm. than just you know getting up there playing the same notes and getting a check you know that's kind of yeah. that's kind of whack to me yeah. you know i like it that the artists are like man let's let's make this joint an experience for tonight and tomorrow mm-hmm. is going to be another experience mm-hmm. and so on and so forth like that to me that's that's what george clinton and them did and prince and all the great stevie wonder that's what the greats did it was an experience you know yes. you go to you go to the show in detroit uh-huh. And it's one way you go to the show in Chicago. It's only four hours, but it's going to be a different show. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so right. you, you're getting something different. That's sweet to me. I know? agree. And I like that word yeah. story too. I think that's, that's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah. It's a story, man. Yep. Yes. So uh, what, why'd you move? Why'd you move to, to Tokyo? What was, oh. what, was this a <laughs> lifelong dream? Brother, you want to know the truth, man? I want to know the truth. Scoob, you want to know the truth, I man? want to know the truth, Bubba. All right, man. Hit me when with that I truth. was four or five years old and I seen yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yes. And I yes. heard Master Splinter talking about Japan and Humato Yoshi and Huoko Saki and ninjas and the Foot Clan. And that jump inspired me all the way back then. All the way back then. And I literally, since then, have been telling my parents, everybody that has ever came in contact with me since I was a kid, a wee lad, a young Padawan, (laughs) that I wanted to go to Japan one day. And the older I got, I just hoped and hoped and hoped. But I mean, hey, I'm a country boy from Flint. There's no way I would go to Japan or even get an opportunity. I'm here. Yeah. I mean, it just, I remember the first time I got a call to do a tour with a J-pop artist. That was Uh in 2012. Uh All the tours that I was supposed to do here with Snoop or whoever got canceled Mm. for various reasons. I'm sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) everyone would know why Snoop couldn't come to Japan at those times or why. He backed out of it because, you know, he's got to have what he needs to have. I'll just (laughs) leave that there. But anyway, uh, it was a blessing, man. 2012, I got my first opportunity and I knew I was going to love this place. Mm -hmm. Being an anime fan, I'd I'd always been into the culture. I'd always been into karate and Aikido and judo Mm -hmm. and all this kind of different stuff. And came here, and it was more than what I thought it would be. Mm. Yeah. And uh, fast forward, my wife fell in love with it, and one day we was like, we should try and move, and mm-hmm. that was it. So I'm yeah. here now, Great. for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What 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 uh, what surprised you? Was it the was it the food? Was it the the parks? Or like what what was something that like outside of your your preconceptions of Japan when you actually got there, you were like blown away by. Well, you know this. You know it's clean. You know yeah. Yeah. 
you know, the food quality is amazing and all that because the water is great, everything yeah, like that. Yeah, the water that. is great too, yeah. I, I guess what I fell in love with a lot is people here, for the most part, just kind of mind their business. Yeah. You yeah. know, like Japanese culture, there can be a very shy people and they're just kind of to themselves in, in a lot of ways, you know. So, you know, it's it's just... I guess it was just that. That's like, wow, man. Like, I can just, you know, just do my thing. Like, ain't mm -hmm. nobody all up mm -hmm. trying to see him out. You know, what is he doing here? And, you know, like, I don't belong and stuff. Like, like, no, nah, they're just like, hey. <laughs> or yeah. not, you know? Like, uh -huh. I don't even see you, honestly. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Like, right. yeah. And I love that. And, uh -huh. and on top of that, I mean, having a, a wife and a daughter knowing that if they wanted to walk around after midnight yeah they'd be okay yeah you know right granted i still wouldn't let them do that but still it's it's nice to know that you don't really hear often about crazy stuff happening like you would back yeah. in the crib you know what i'm saying right. so right. yeah I, I guess uh I guess that was the thing that was really dope. I think it's dope to see random sumo wrestlers walking yes. up and down the street. That's cool. That's cool. You know, you got to go to sumo for the first time last bro, season, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was for this month. It was for, for this it was for this month, bro. And that junk, I mean, I literally went in the morning and yeah. I sat in the chair and I cried because it, yeah, you know, that's my favorite sport. <laughs> in 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 Tokyo, you went to uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Rio Rio yeah. Rio Goku. Yeah, yeah Rio Goku. Yeah. You've been there before. I've been right? there. I've been there once too. Yeah, wow. it was awesome. That it was junk, awesome. Man. No, not this and one. isn't it funny? Maybe the, I don't know if this is uh -huh. too too inappropriate but i thought it was gonna smell like booty <laughs> i thought that's when my whole thought process like man this uh -huh. the, the sumo arena probably is foul it didn't even smell like nothing maybe that's why they throw this the you know they do the, the rituals song. and stuff to, <laughs> to get rid of the booty smell dog i just like i knew i just knew i was like man it's probably gonna be like sweet and sour booty in this mug and it was not and I was like, yo, yeah. even my wife was like, does it stink in there? Because they came yeah. later. And I was like, uh -huh. no, nah, man, it uh -huh. don't smell like nothing. Like, y'all yeah. yeah, know that's probably like, what is he talking about? No, no. That? That's so good. <laughs> that blew my mind, honestly. That's really special. That and for, for, for people that don't know how sumo works, it's like, it is like an all day thing. Cause you know, they're, they're pretty short matches, but, but mm -hmm. they, they roll through them and you get to see kind of like the increasing level of superstars. Yep. And when yep. those big, when they're like, you know the, the the stars come at each other. Dogs, yeah, it, you can like feel it. It's like the sound is different. There's just a. It's like wow, we really teared yeah, up here. The makuchi like, well, when they come out, like the 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 top division, the the top division and the second division when they come out, it's like wow, these are yeah. the these are the representation of Japan. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That junk is just killing, man. It's yeah. so killing. I agree. I agree. It's mm -hmm. so awesome. Um, I, I would I want to talk about uh, like Silver Kid and your your yeah. experience kind of playing in uh, you know Japanese oriented band like a, like for mm -hmm. the Japanese market and um, and kind of like how 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 did it, how did that happen I, I know that you did a tour with the Billboard uh, venues too I'm just curious yeah. to learn more about that man I mean as far as Silver Kid is concerned yeah. a buddy of mine Fuyu uh, he's a well renowned drummer out here in Japan. 
Cool. Uh, he actually funny. Fuyu grew up in New York, so he's like super New York. Like he'll rock some Tims, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's you know what I'm saying like yeah, it's totally. hilarious. That's it's funny. so hilarious. But he yeah. he uh, reached out to me back in what was it 2020 or 2021? It definitely was during the pandemic. I was here, and we went out to eat. We went to this shabu shabu restaurant. Mm, yeah. And he was like, man, you ever, you ever been in a rock band? And I was like, well, I mean, you know, I play with a few people like suicidal tendencies and so on and so forth, but not like a band band that yeah. I'm a part of like that. Right. He was like, man, I've always wanted to start a band, blah, blah, blah. So fast forward, uh, I got sent home because of the pandemic. They sent all the foreigners home and he was just emailing me like different songs and we started recording stuff and that's kind of how that happened. I hadn't cool. even met Ash, the guitar player or Nick, the lead singer. I hadn't even met them wow. in person. Yeah. We already had like records done, like music. Yeah. And awesome. finally when I was able to get back out here, man, it was, it was, you know, it was cool. Like we just, just a couple of dudes that's just trying to have fun, like mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice, you know, it's any, anybody that's starting like a band, like you, it's not easy, you mm-hmm. know, like you're, you're starting from nothing, you know, even yeah. if you have a huge fan base individually and stuff, you have to right. get your fan base used to like, what is this? You know what I'm yes. saying? So, yes. um, but it's been, it's been fun, man. You know, and I like working with a lot of the different artists here. The the you know this already. The industry here is night and day from anywhere. You know the the. Please dig into it though. I'm I'm sure listeners are super curious. Well, one thing I learned is, first off, the fans here in Japan they they really appreciate music, like mm. all music, mm-hmm. and they appreciate their own. Mm. Unfortunately, where we come from in many situations, you have to work really hard to get people in your backyard to support. Yeah. Because it's, you know, America is just different. We're we're spoiled. You know, Mm -hmm. we have everything and well, we think we have everything at least. Uh But Uh for me, if I'm being honest, what I've noticed throughout my career, you know, as a professional, it creates an entitlement mm. for people that grow up in America versus here. If you say that you're going to start singing here in Japan, it, they immediately support like, because they look at it like, wow, you were courageous enough to want to do this. Cool. So they yes. support you right off top. But yes, back home, you start something and people kind of laugh and be like, oh, he ain't going, you know, but then yeah. you, you get a Grammy or something. Then, uh-huh. you, <laughs> then everybody's at your front door like, yeah, I knew you was going to uh, know you Yeah, from the jump. Yeah. Out of here. Yeah. yeah. I knew you were going to be something. No, you didn't. Get out of here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, right. uh, first and foremost, that's one of the things that mm. sticks out like a sore throne here. And because of that, a lot of their artists some maybe aspire to to venture outside of Japan, but for many of them, they don't even care because they don't have to. Mm. 
You know, yeah. they love it that they can just tour around Japan. You totally. Know? I mean, there's a big enough audience. You got 127 million people. A lot exactly. of them still buy CDs. <laughs> like you can, exactly. you can make your money in Japan. You can, you can yeah. make money, and they support man. Like they yeah. come to shows, they buy merchandise, they they believe. You know, cool. yeah. So it's it it and it inspires a lot of those musicians and the artists here to stay here because they're like, man, shoot, well, if y'all support me like this, why do I need to go to you know? london why do i need to go to blah 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 and all that kind of stuff where mm -hmm. versus at home even the massive artists the big a-list artists they love to tour outside of america yeah. because <laughs> they make more money you yeah know what i'm saying totally no i get it it's, it's really weird man it's it's really strange how that happens but mm -hmm. um you know the artists the artists here are really cool you you have some that are very 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 innovative and and you know, constantly trying to come up with new ways to do stuff, which I, I respect wholeheartedly. Um, and then you have the ones that just, you know, like any other place, you got the the mimickers, the plagiarizers, I call them. <laughs> but that's anywhere. You yeah, know, you, you have people that are willing to take the risk to be original. And then you got the ones that are like, no, nah, I'm just copycat. Uh -huh. So shout out to all the originators. I got it. Yes. Shout it's out even, all the originators. Yeah, it's a risky move, originating. Yeah, it is. Risky. Oh, it's yeah. risky. It's risky, but you'll have no regrets. <laughs> you'll have no regrets because you, you know, nobody will ever be able to say you jack something. You mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, shout out to all the original risk takers everywhere in the world. Yes. Be a risk taker. Yeah. Yes. I want to talk about the dojo. Oh kinda, yeah. Can, can you can you talk about? I think I, I think I saw when you launched that. Can you talk about kind of what the goal is and and how you're building community? Bubby's Dojo, man. Honestly, it's just a way for me to show people that assume that I have this crazy regiment mm -hmm. of how I practice. You know, to play whatever they feel I play. It's not nothing crazy. It's literally mm. just basic stuff. Yeah. I just, my mindset is more so I don't care than mm -hmm. anything. That mm -hmm. I just, if if I can just become one with my instruments, so to speak, mm. and just mm. express myself freely, then I'm satisfied. And yes. so that's basically what the dojo is, is. I'm just trying to get people to see, no, I don't sit and practice 19 hours a day uh i've done yeah. that before right. yeah you yeah. know i've done that when i was summer break you know and uh -huh. i smelled like baloney sitting <laughs> in my room all day yeah <laughs> i've done that drink. <laughs> not no more though i got a wife yeah. i got a daughter yeah. i got another kid on the way a, yeah. a congratulations way. Yes. thank you man yeah. i ain't got time to be <laughs> no i may play my bass for 25 30 hour maybe two yeah. hours if i yeah. get you know some days i may do four it just depends mm -hmm. other days it may be 10 minutes mm -hmm. you know but that's what the dojo is is just uh, i'm just trying to i guess help people find what challenges them the most and then that's what you work on you know yeah, yeah. for some people it might be you know, efficiency when it comes to their groove or their stamina cool. or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. And others, it might be, 
writing. Others, mm-hmm. it might be improvising or whatever. So let's figure it out. What what stumps you, and let's work on that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, it's not nothing complicated. It's literally no such thing as advanced levels and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just anybody, everything. You know, like what yeah. do you have a question about? All right, let's figure it out. You know, Love it. simple. Love it. And then Simple. you also um, you play on a bunch of records, including independent artists, including my my own music. You know, we have a song uh, "Tired of the Sunshine" that you you played yeah, on. Yeah, man, I absolutely love your bass line. It's I awesome. love I love the mess. So I funky. told you that when you sent me that song, yeah, and I I told yeah. my wife, I said, "Man, listen to this joke." Yo, music. no way. <laughs> <laughs> that joke was so killing, oh, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, Everything man. about it, dog. Like all that joke is blazing. I was like, what is this? Killing man. I love what you put on it. I love your phrasing. It was all, it, I love, it's so fun giving a song to another musician that you trust and then having mm-hmm. them do stuff that surprises Absolutely. you. It's out of what you would have done and you're like, that's it. That's exactly, Absolutely. it's what the song wanted and I couldn't have brought it to it and... Um, what, what, like, is that just part of your, your feeling of like being a part of music is just, you want to be on a bunch of stuff and like, like you help people out that have lower budget, bigger budget, that Mm -hmm. is that just part of your, your personal ethos, your philosophy kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, because I know what it feels like, you know, I know what it feels like to, and you know what, dude, I, my first record, I reached out to Frank and Bali and he had heard of me he was like I, i've heard of you and I, you know blah blah blah. And that that shocked me yeah it's like man this is dog on frank and bali but frank and bali gave me a deal cool it's frank and bali so it's yeah. like dude if frank and bali can give people a deal me he gave me a who am i you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i'm just some random dude from michigan like but he mm-hmm. gave me a hookup so it yeah, I like to do that as often as I can. I actually was going to do it. I said I wasn't going to do it no more this year, but I was actually thinking about doing it this upcoming week. Just, you know, if people want want me to play on something, because I, I know what it feels like to, to you want to get something of great quality, but you may not have the budget, but your music might be mm-hmm. of that quality. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. You know, hey, man, everybody can use a helping hand sometimes. Mm-hmm. And people have helped me, so it doesn't bother me. You know, the labels, they they got the label budget, so they yeah. can send yeah. me, you know, five grand or whatever. Right. So, yeah. You know, they can do that. But, uh-huh. you know, if somebody got a couple hundred bucks, or, man, whatever, let's, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know, yeah. I, I just... I like that. And then too, I come across a lot of dope uh-huh. musicians and producers and writers yeah. and stuff that way too. Yeah. You know, you remember those people, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a win-win honestly. Yeah. And that's really special. And like, I don't know, there's something to the people that don't cut the ladder out from under them once they've climbed mm-hmm. up that yep. I think we need more of that. And I like, I like you spreading that message right. and living it because it's so it's so easy, and I, I like you know the same thing you were talking about America and kind of the the culture and stuff. I think that's part of it. Where mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that got pretty big, and then they stopped mm-hmm. hiring their friends to play music on their stuff. Of course, even though their friends yeah. are really good, you know. But it's like you get yeah. to a certain tier, and you just kind of like change the rolodex. Yeah, um, and that's kind of that's kind of sad. 
Because then you don't grow it with the people sad. that you grew with. Yeah. It is sad, man. Especially if if the people you know can get the job done, but right. you're not you're not yeah. calling them because of their name. They don't have the platform. Like that's yeah. that's ridiculous to me. You know, yeah. it shouldn't be about it should be about the the work that they can mm-hmm. give you, you know, mm-hmm. what they can the ability and stuff like that, what they can do. So, you know, again, man, I, I, and I don't want to just pin it all on America. But no, 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 such, no. It's, it's such an American thing to me. It's mm-hmm. such a, like a, an entitled thing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, these do like some of these producers I know out here in Japan, nobody knows who they are, but they're, mm-hmm. Like all of my heroes are composing these video games. Yes, yes. Every last one of and but if these dudes walked around Nam Show, like nobody would look their way. Yeah. Like right. Hidenori Iwazaki. If this dude freaking Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy Tactics and some of the greatest Square Enix games, if this dude walked around a Nam Show, nobody's gonna look his way. Yeah. But I guarantee most people have played the game. Right. These guys. I mean, it's they have just, those melodies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. to me, that's that, that stuff is dope. It's not mm. just always about, Oh, this person has 15 Grammys. Like, okay, that's cool. But mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't forget that it's about like, what people bring to the table. It's not, it's not about their, their accolades and their achievements. It's, can they play the part? Can they, can they add this life to this music that you're looking for? You know what I'm saying? Who cares if they only got 50 followers? So, yes, you know, like I know people that got millions of followers and they're terrible people. (laughs) 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 Whoop-de-doo. I know people that got, you know, $50 $50 million mansions and they're horrible people. They're yeah. horrible human beings. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that shouldn't, that shouldn't determine the worth, mm. what you have and what you've achieved. You know, I, you got 50 Grammys. Okay. All right. Yeah. What's next? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. I don't know, man, maybe I'm just old foggy. I don't know. I just, some, some things just don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. And I, no. I just don't believe in turning people away because they're not famous or or they don't know this person or they haven't done this. And man, you never know who you come across in this world that's incredible as something. And they're just, you know, Nobu Uematsu, you know, he's another one. The Basically the, the pioneer of square enix composers he's like the guy i he's another one if he walked around them show nobody's gonna look his way they probably gonna think he's an ibanez bass employee or something <laughs> like that you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, and meanwhile man. there would be no final fantasy without this guy you yeah. know yeah crazy it is i i watched a i i feel bad for not remembering their name but it was uh it was about the composer for the jingles outside of Japanese oh. uh, train stations. That was one of the things that surprised me. I didn't know about that until I got there. And every single station's got its own jingle that like represents All the place. Them. It's Tameki amazing. Sano is my favorite. 
Tameki Sano is my favorite, and I love I love Asakusa Station. There's a yes. few. There's a few all there's over Japan. There's a few Japan bangers, like, right? Man, what is that? <laughs> yeah. But Tameki Sano, oh, oh my goodness, that mug. Hoo-wee. But even that, like that dude uh-huh. is a G. He's a oh, G for sure. No, I mean Harajuku is like, yep, that's Harajuku. Like, yep. like <laughs> that's what that's it so sounds fire, like. Man. Yeah, that's so fire. Yeah. It's so anime. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's so anime. It's so dope. <laughs> oh, that drunk is tight. I love it. So, so uh, I've got one one final question for you. And this yeah, is kind of yeah. how we wrap up each show. So the the the, the show is called Love Music More, and so mm. we call this segment Love Music Why. And so I just want to put you on the spot and I want you to talk to, you know, like a 10 year old who's thinking about picking up their instrument for the first time and tell them, you know, why do you love music? Why do you sacrifice for it? Why is it this special thing that's worth, you know, giving so much of your soul and your, your energy to, um, and, and just like, I'd love to just hear in, in a, in a short statement about just your passion for this thing. You know what, man? Music, my father used to say something. My father used to say, I come from a big family, a fat family at that. (laughs) My dad used to say food is one of the joys of life. And it is, but music, music is the one thing in a lot of ways like food that can change an entire mood of somebody. You could be having the worst day, but you hear the right song. You could be having the best day and you hear the wrong song. Music is something that to me is very supernatural and it it is a spiritual thing. And if anybody is courageous enough to say they want to play an instrument or just, you know, just sing basically put themselves in the forefront where where they'll be exposed, you know, and, you know, they're forced to have to excel in this thing just a little bit, just or just get better. Like, I encourage anybody to take that leap because when you, man, when you get to where you can write a song or you can play something that does something special for somebody, who cares if it's if it's just a few people or if it's an entire arena? That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That's great. You know, the more people that you can inspire, great. But if if you can do something, write a song, sing a note, or play an instrument, and it makes somebody that's listening feel something, to me, what I've found since I've been doing this, there's no greater feeling than that. And this is the reason why my ambition for being a musician has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with fame or or how many people I can get to follow me or to be my fan. Like, and, and granted, all of that stuff is cool. You know, it, it feels good to have support. Yeah. And it, of course, doggone it, it feels good to make some money if you, you know, you dedicate your life to this thing. But if you can truly understand what it means to play a note 
or play a song, sing a song, or whatever it might be, write a song, produce a beat, whatever, and it does something special for somebody, if you can really understand what that means, you you basically, i put it to you like this. Let's say you make a song, right? You make a song, and this song becomes something really special for people, whether it be a, you know, a nice big audience that hears it or a whole bunch of people, right? You made something out of nothing. You made something out of nothing. It was an idea and you put in enough work to turn it into this real thing that you can hear outside. It's no longer just in your mind. It's out now. And you can hear it, you can press play, you can hear it over and over. And now you give it to people. And and the greatest thing is when you have a feeling within yourself when you're writing a song and it makes you feel a certain way, you put the song out and then you hear from random people that you never met what the song makes them feel and you come across people that are expressing this same feeling you had when the song hit you, it's no greater feeling than that. There's no, for me, there's no greater feeling. And what I would tell anybody is just be brave enough to try and, I guess, be be brave enough to see what you can come up with. You know, see what you can create. Don't concern yourself with, you know, is it going to be good enough or will people like it? Will they, do they not, whatever it might be. Don't worry about any of that. You want to feel something and it has to start with you. And if you can put that into the song, if you can put that into your groove or your chords or whatever, it's very possible. You can play a bass line correctly, but it not have any feeling. You could play chords the right way, but it not have any feeling. But if you can, if you can figure out how to feel what you do, anybody that's listening to you, they're gonna feel whatever it is you feel. This is the reason why the greats like Prince and Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles and Bob Dylan. I mean, I can go down the list. Jackson Brown, I can go down the list of all these legends. Willie Nelson. They they all made great music. We know that, but we were able to feel their music. You know what I'm saying? Musician or not, we were able to feel their music. You could you could be tone deaf as all get out, but it was something about the music you could feel. But the reason why is I guarantee is they felt it first. And so for me, that's that's the thing I encourage anybody that loves music or any form of art, if you can just make people feel something, that should be the goal, but you got to feel it first. So always go after what you feel first. Always go after what makes you feel good first. You know, I'm sure George Lucas was feeling good, you know, doing Star Wars. There, We know the story, you know, there was some rough moments and there was a lot of doubt that maybe people had in him, but he had an idea and he stuck to it and look at star wars today you know what i mean so one piece this is a anime about pirates 
you know, J.K. Rowling with Harry Potter. I mean, all this stuff that's so big now, it all started with just a feeling and an idea. But they believed enough in it to do it and to, you know, the courage to to finish it and make it this real thing right in front of their eyes. So, yeah, I mean, I know that was a massive answer, but that's, loved it. for me, that's just the stuff that I think about all the time. If Whenever I write a song, whenever I just get up to play a song, play a groove with my own music or Silver Kid or Snoop or whoever, I want this junk to be an experience and I want to feel this mug myself. And if I feel it, I know the people listening to feel it. That's what I believe. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love the the bravery aspect because it is it's a yeah. it is a brave choice, like you're saying to to do something that you really believe in because you're really putting Absolutely. yourself out there. You're like this you is are. me. This is this is what this, this is what is I like. This is who I am. <laughs> yeah. This right? is who I am. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. really special. Well. Thank you so much for joining me, Bubby. I always feel super inspired after um, talking to you. So it's going to be a great day making music. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> you gave me a good pep talk. I'm like ready now, man. <laughs> I wish, man. I'm, I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. I woke myself up a little bit talking to you. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry oh, no. That. This is this was good, man. This is, this is good. I woke, I woke myself up a little bit. I know... As soon as I drink a little bit more of this tea, I'm laid out on my side. Yeah, good. But no, dude, this dude, this was great, man. And I think this is wonderful that you got this this show, man. And dude, you're a great producer. Thank you. You're a great musician, and I know I told you this when you sent me that song. I, I no, I wrote you a bunch of times and was talking about how dope that junk was. But man, you really dope at what you do. You Thank really you. are. I really and you're that. a good, you're a good cat, and there will always be a bright future. And I pray the Lord's mercy and blessings on you, and safety, you and your family, and everything, man. I do. I mean, thank that. you. I really appreciate that, Bubby, and I and I feel, I feel it. I really do. I really do. Yeah, man. So thank you so much for for being such a great friend and and educator yeah, and and musician. Uh, I'm really excited to see you know all the stuff you have to come. I'll I'll always be a fan and uh appreciate and it, man. if anybody Likewise. wants to check you out uh Instagram or something like that would be the best what would be the best place for people to point to. Um yeah, Instagram Bubby Lewis I'm you know, I'm I try and respond to everybody too. I'm not one of them type of guys that's, you know, Leave me alone, like nah. What's up? I'm a country boy, man. You know, <laughs> love it. Stay true. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's great. Yep. Well, have have a great night, Bubby. Really appreciate you hopping on the podcast. It ain't no thing, man. You be blessed, and uh, you too. Yeah, we'll talk Japan soon. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, man. I'll come out. I'll come out. We'll, we'll, oh, man. we'll have a little feast. Get some food, man. <laughs> get some food. We'll walk the streets at yes. two in the morning. Go Seven Eleven. That sounds like a plan, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs>